Come on, so good. Welcome to church. Are you guys well? So good. Uh, I thought that's an absolutely incredible testimony. Who loves View Group here at church? So good. So as you know, we always talk about the first way to get involved and the second way to get involved. And you guys are like, oh my hat, these guys say the same thing over and over. Well, we wouldn't say it over and over if it wasn't important. So please make sure you guys do growth track. Find a view group. I promise you there's an amazing view group out there for you. And I know what you guys are wondering. Who is this guy preaching? I came here for Andre. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, that's not happening today. If you really want to go check out Andre, please go check out his message last week. I thought that was an amazing message. Uh, yeah, so my name's CJ, if you didn't know. But uh, yeah, super, super excited. I thought worship was amazing. Hey, can we give up our worship team? Um, there's actually someone I want to honor quick. Kensley, he played drums. Um, yeah, super stoked. Kenzie's come so far, so well done, Brew. And then the production team, the unsung heroes, come on. Well done to the production team. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know these guys come early and often leave late. And uh, when something goes wrong, everyone points the finger and everything goes right. Everyone says nothing. But it's cool. So thank you to everyone uh, for doing it behind the scenes and to the frontline guys. Thank you so much for being part of making church happen. Welcome to all the new people. We're so stoked that you guys came and joined us today. Uh, super pumped. Make sure you grab your coffee. Take full advantage of that. Please do. Um, there's so many vouchers which go to waste. What a waste of free coffee, man. I saw Tato was behind the machine. That's a good day to go grab a coffee. So you want to go grab that. But we're so stoked to have you guys today. Um, as Andre said, we're doing baptisms at the end of the service. What an amazing way to celebrate the decisions people have made to follow Jesus. Come on. So we're excited. So if you're getting baptized, when I, when I pray, you can get up and go get changed and get ready for that. Just a couple things. Um, Rise Camp. Come on. Super, super, super excited for Rise Camp. Um, my life was changed. I don't know who's here been on camps. My life was changed on camps. I've been, I've been doing camps since I was 14. I love camps. Um, so yeah, make sure, I think today is the last day to register here at church, but next week is the last day to register online. So next week you can register online, so make sure you register. If you are a young person, or if you have a young person, or know of a young person who needs to be on camp, please get them on camp. And if you would like to be a part of being of sponsoring something for camp, please go talk to Sub, Saki, or Kayla. Uh, there's so much stuff we would really love to be a part of making camp happen. And then lastly, we have child dedications on the 15th of October, so if you have a child... It's a good time to dedicate them. It'll be really awesome. And then there's something I want to clear up. Matt preached this morning. I heard that was a really amazing message. Um, he said that we're really bad at Fortnite. I don't know, dude. I think we're like the top 60th percentile. We get some dubs. I think we have some cracked moments. But, but like on staff, but like it's a staff league, just a staff league. But um, I just, just to clear up, we only play for an hour and a half. We, we cap it off at 8 o'clock. We go to bed. But it's only on Friday nights. And public holidays, just so you guys know, just, just so the, the people in the front row know that it's certain days. And then come on, 76 euro to the Springboks, come on. Is that just me? 76 zip. But we know that was coming. Uh, if you didn't know, we're in our series, Make It Fun. You'll see it behind me right now. And uh, we loved the series. Who's been enjoying it? I know it's only the second week. But I think it's been amazing. And uh, who here agrees that we all need to have a little bit more fun? Is that just you guys? That's only like the guys over here. Just the guys over here. Who here agrees that we all need to have a little bit more fun? I know for me, I'm always up for a little bit of fun and uh, I'm always keen to, get to, get to do something, but sometimes I can be in a mood where I'm actually not keen. 
Uh, I can, Andre says, this guy's always bleak. I can sometimes be in a mood where I'm a very difficult person to deal with. Uh, you can go talk to Martine. She says, hey, do you want to go do this? I'm like, Lass, I don't want to do that. She says, do you want to go do this? I say, Lass, I don't want to go do that. But I want to be, I want to be honest with you guys. I think fun doesn't just happen. I believe fun is intentional. You have to be intentional. And throughout Scripture, we see examples of people having fun, and I believe God has not called us to live a mundane life. We, uh, he wants us to have an engaging, thriving, life-giving, fun-filled life full of community, family, and friends. God has designed you and me to have fun and to not be robots. And I want to let you know that fun is in Scripture. You guys are saying, hey, this is just a, a motivational speech. I want to let you guys know, I think one of the first times I ever, ever, ever spoke on platform, it was probably one of the harshest things I ever got. I spoke, and I went outside, and this guy, I said, hey, how was that? And the guy was like, yeah, that was a really cool motivational speech. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks, dude. And then the next day, I went onto Facebook, and he was like, yes, yeah, what's happened to the church? Like, Oaks can't preach anymore. And I'm like, dude, it's like my first time. I was like... This guy absolutely put a dagger through my heart. I never wanted to do this again. It was, yeah, but he doesn't do that anymore. I'm super stoked. <laughs> I'm just stealing Andre's jokes in the front here. But having fun is found in Scripture, and uh, this has kind of been like the basis of the, of, the, of the series. And it's found in Ecclesiastes 8.15. It'll be on the screen, hopefully, if the production team got my Scriptures. Come on. Come on. But uh, eight, Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. Um, not drink too much. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. I want to push that a bit further in the NIV version. It says, so I commend the enjoyment of life, because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then the joy uh, then joy will accompany them in their toil and all the days of life God has given them under the sun. It's a couple of words I want to swap out there. It says, so I commend the enjoyment of life. And I'll swap out, I want to say, so I commend the enjoyment of your marriage. I commend the enjoyment of your home life. I commend the enjoyment of your work life. I commend the enjoyment of your family life. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life, God has given them under the sun. Today, I want to talk about adding joy to your journey. We all need a little bit of joy in it. We all need a little bit of joy in our journey. I don't know about you guys, but life can be tough sometimes. Is that just me? If you guys can say a bit of an amen, you guys are like, "Wow, that's just you." My life's amazing. If your guys' life's amazing, please, you guys can come up here and preach for me. But life can be tough sometimes. And I really believe that God's giving us some keys here to kind of unlock some things. I believe that there can be joy in your journey. And you know, one of my favorite songs has this line, and the first time I heard it, this line really struck me. And the line goes, I believe I can see the future because I repeat the same routine. That doesn't sound too deep on the surface, He's like, obviously, but I believe we live this mundane life day in and day out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and we get caught in this mundane reality circle of life doing the same thing that it becomes not too hard to predict the future because we do the same thing over and over and over and over again that it's not hard to know what's actually coming. There's no joy in our life. Why is it so hard to know what's to come? God does not want us to live a life 
of the mundane. Who here can sometimes find themselves stuck in the mundane? Who feels we can sometimes be stuck on a wheel? I believe we're meant to live a life that honors God. I believe God put us something in us to want to have fun, to want to experience everything he has for us. He's given us a nature of creativity. He's given us a nature of personality to all have something different, to come together to experience joy, to experience fun. And as we learn, it's not just something we've come up with. We actually find it in Scripture. We are meant to enjoy life. And the best way to enjoy life is to have fun. In 2020 and, 21, uh, 2020 and 2021, I went through quite a difficult time. So I actually would say 2020 uh, early 2022, I went through quite a difficult time in my life. I'm going to be dead honest with you guys. It was quite a strange time. And I'm not saying I'm the only one. Everyone went through that. So I'm not going not to bar that. But if I actually look back in that period, of my time, uh, that period of my life, I actually look at it as quite a blur. I think everyone can look at 2020 as a bit of a blur. It's actually quite blur. I don't really remember much. I just know it was hard. And studies show that there's a period in people's life that people remember the most. And that's actually between the ages of 15 and 25. I don't know if you guys can relate to that. That's high school and college. And I wonder why. It's because it's the moment that you are experiencing things for the first time. Between the ages of 15 and 25 is when you start to experience things for the first time. Why? Because it was fun. You're experiencing things. Experiencing things. Because fun makes things memorable. If you want to have a blurred life, don't have fun. Continue doing the mundane things in life. Choose to do the same thing day in and day out. Choose not to have joy. But I know for a fact, God wants you to have a meaningful life. Life will have its trials, but I promise you it will be exciting. I don't want my life to be a blur. In Colossians 3, 23 and, uh, uh, 3 verses 23 to 24, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now the word that stuck out to me over here is the word heartily. I think it's on the, script, on the screen there. Is the word heartily. Now, I looked up some words that relate to the word heartily, and that means wholeheartedly, sincerely, genuinely, warmly, from the bottom of one's heart, from the heart, with all one's heart, heart and soul, eagerly, enthusiastically, with eagerness, with enthusiasm, zealously, energetically, earnestly. Clearly, when we devote our lives to God, boring isn't what comes to mind. We've been designed to enjoy life, and throughout Scripture, God gives examples of how we're supposed to enjoy life. And I remember in school, um, we always had to do these plays. I went to a Christian school. It wasn't very Christian, but anyway. Went to a Christian school. And I'm going to give you a couple guesses which character uh, myself and Matt would play. Not that we were in the same school, but there was obviously, there was a handful of characters we would often play, being of this nature and size. Um, <laughs> obvious. Um, yeah, um, I got Jesus quite a lot for obvious reasons, <laughs> just for the ability of just, just, no, I got, I got Jesus quite a lot, uh, you know, just for the fact of doing miracles, and, uh, you can actually ask the staff, I do miracles all the time, you can just ask, 2020 was a miracle on itself, but anyway, 
But um, anyway, that's neither here or there. But I remember doing these plays, and, uh, well, actually, I wasn't Jesus. I always got Herod for some strange reason. Anyway, and I remember doing these plays, and I remember the teachers always being like, don't look so happy. I'm like, okay. Look sad. Look angry. Look, don't look, smile. Don't smile. And I remember just being like Jeepers Creepers. And I actually ended up translating that into the way I actually read my Bible. And that was, we started doing these plays in grade four. We ended it through high school. Well, not through high school. High school, I put my foot down. I said, I'm not doing Goliath again. Come on, man. <laughs> and it actually ended up translating into the, into the way that I interpret Scripture. And I think so often that when we interpret Scripture, we actually read Scripture in this very two-dimensional two way. We've taken the humanity out of Scripture. We forget that the people in Scripture were people, just like you and me, with personalities, ways of doing life, with characteristics, hey, with a sense of humor. We forget that at that period of time, I believe they had things they enjoyed doing. They had games which they used to play. They enjoyed having fun. And we've taken that away. And we read Scripture very two-dimensionally, and we just read it to get through it. Who here just reads the Bible just to get that, 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 word, that streak on the version Bible app? You just open it up, get the streak, close it. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Rory, he said, that's me over here. But our Bible's meant to be interpreted through the lens of people. It's God's letter to us through people. It's written by people, for people, from God. And the dictionary makes fun sound so childish and optional. Fun is not optional. It's necessary. In Psalm 100, verses 4 to 5, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's not optional. That sounds conditional. And it's not something which he says or else. It's a privilege to enter into his, into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Now I'm going to be honest with you. On the worship team, we get a front row seat to the blessing of seeing people's faces during worship. I'm looking at it right now. Man. Sometimes on a Sunday morning, people are not looking happy. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, why did you guys come to church today? You guys should have just stayed in bed, jumped on the online stream, and blessed me without having to look at you guys. Because I'm not going to lie, it's very difficult. I'm going to be, I have to be honest with you guys. Because some people just come here and are not looking like they want to be in church. But Psalm says, enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. And I get life's tough. I get, it's cold. <laughs> I get it. It's cold. But God's good. And we get to be in church and we get to enjoy being here today. And I think everyone knows this. We would have all heard this. It takes 47 muscles to frown. So if you're going for a workout, keep that frown. But it takes 13 muscles to smile. Yeah, it does. Cool. So if you're going for a workout, keep, keep frowning. But if you want an easy life, just smile. And you know what? I recently made a decision, and it's hard. You can ask the staff. I have um, uh, something called an RBF. Anyone relate? I have um, a resting Backstreet Boy face. No, it's not what it is. I'm going to let you guys interpret that the way you need to interpret that. Well, someone's enjoyed that over there. But um, I sometimes have to let my face catch up with my emotions. I, 
Martino said, are you even happy? I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm like so stoked right now. And my face hasn't really caught up with the emotions of what's kind of going on. And I promise you, nine times out of 10, I actually kind of am happy. Um, but my face hasn't really caught up yet. I've actually made a decision that before every environment I walk into, I'm actually gonna start smiling. And I promise you, when you make a decision to smile, it actually changes your emotions. It actually changes the way you do life. It changes, you're actually gonna start having fun, I promise you. So um, in the mornings, when it's really cold, I don't know why we're living in Antarctica in Cape Town at the moment, but we park by King's Gate and we get here roughly around about uh, half past six, quarter to seven in the morning to start sound checks for worship. And um, I park my car, and then I start walking across the road, and I start smiling, because I'm like, oh, it's cold. Oh, it's really... I don't really feel like doing this right now, walking across the road. So I start smiling, start getting myself pumped, and I'm pretty sure the car's driving by, I think this dude's crazy. Because I'm walking, and I'm like, I'm so stoked right now. This is the best <laughs> thing in the world. So they're thinking two things. Either that guy's really happy or he's about to shoot someone. So that's two things. But one thing I've realized is I have to let the way that I carry myself determine the way that I'm going to treat people. I really have to let my attitude determine my altitude. And I promise you, it starts here. And this sounds really just surface level, but I promise you, it's so important that we let the way we carry ourselves translates into the way that we carry ourselves, out, carry ourselves into situations. You'll be surprised the power of just actually letting your face, to start with a smile, how it actually changes your whole demeanor. I promise you. Enter his courts with thanksgiving, with praise. Starts over here. Starts with us. I've heard so many stories of people who wanted to come talk to me, not that I'm saying anything special, um, he wanted to come talk to me in a shopping center or something, and they said, man, I was actually too scared to come talk to you because uh, you just looked angry. And I'm like, I promise you, I probably wasn't angry. I wonder how many people we've actually lost the opportunity of actually connecting with just because we just weren't ready. How many, how, we've lost, how many privileges, how many opportunities have we lost out in actually just connecting with people because we just weren't? It's a privilege to be here for people. You know, Andre said today, and I thought it was so good, we're here for others. The day that Christ saved us, we don't live for ourselves anymore, we're here for others. Every situation, we're here for others. And why do we carry ourselves in a way we, we kind of live for ourselves? And I promise you, every, every single um, interaction that we have, we need to make sure that we are open to let others. We have to open ourselves up so that we can be here for others. Is that cool? Does that make sense? Is, is that cool? Cool. Um, who here struggles with FOMO? I struggle with FOMO. Um, I don't necessarily mind people having fun. I just mind people having fun without me. So clearly, um, clearly, there's something built inside of us that we want to have fun. God's designed us to want to have fun. And it's so important that we actually engage in having fun. And that's the whole point of the series, is that we actually start understanding and to give ourselves permission that living a life with Jesus isn't about being, oh, I'm such a good Christian, come on, let's do this thing. no. Jesus and God gives us permission to have fun in this life because I promise you, joy and fun is contagious. Firstly, I want to say God wants you to have fun. Have you ever experienced a difficult person in your life? Everyone can say yes. Uh, I can say just in this front row right here, I've got a couple of difficult people right here. But um, sometimes there's someone 
you know, especially in view groups sometimes, there'll be someone, I want to ask them how they're doing, and I just know it's going to open up a can of worms. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? It's just like, oh, this, this is just going to be an absolute, okay, anyway, but I'm here for people, it's cool. But you know when someone's like that, it can really just really bring a damper on the room. And I can be like that. I've been like that. I've just been such a difficult person. God's not called us to be like that. He's called us to have fun. And Philippians 4, 4 verse 7, he says, Be cheerful with joy celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is near. I love that scripture because the first third says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Every situation we face, we're called to have joy. And I think it's so easy that as people, we seek happiness. Did you know that the word happiness and happen, they uh, derive from the same word hap, which which actually means gamble by chance. How crazy is that? which means that happiness comes by chance. But I want to let you know that joy comes by choice. Happiness can just happen. You can stumble into happiness, but joy is a choice. It's a decision we have to make. And that's why I love that first third of that scripture. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every situation of life. Happiness happens by chance, but joy happens by choice. The second third says, let your joy overflow. I love that. Everyone knows, everyone knows what overflow means. It means to have more than you can contain. Joy and fun is contagious. If it's contagious, that means it's attractive. We're called to be examples in our family, in our work, and in our marriage. Our joy needs to overflow into every facet of our life. It is contagious. And the last part of that scripture says, and let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. In every relationship, not just here on a Sunday, because it's so easy to come here on a Sunday and do your thing, or on a Thursday or Wednesday on a view group and come and do your thing. In every relationship. Let your joy overflow. Not just at church and family and friends and work, even the people you don't like. Now that's tough. There's a lot of people I'm not a massive fan of. And I'm going to let you know, I'm sometimes having a conversation with someone. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, cool, 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 Yeah, Gordon's Bay. Yeah, it's crazy. All those waves and all that stuff. Yeah, cool, cool. Hey, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to let you know, if I tell you I'm going to be right back, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. And if I have told you that, I probably haven't been back. Anyone can put their hand up. I'm like, I'm still not back. I'm waiting for you to come back. I want to let you guys know that your joy needs to overflow even in situations that you don't want to be in because joy is contagious. You need to have joy in your journey. I want to remind you guys that fun times slow things down and it helps us live in the moments that God has created. Let the joy overflow into every facet of your life. I believe Jesus had fun. Jesus celebrated people and people go where they're celebrated, not tolerated. Scripture even says that children like Jesus. And last time I checked, children like people who are fun. So children don't like people who aren't fun. So Jesus must have been fun. Does that that make sense? Jesus also never rushed anywhere. Have you guys ever met a fun, rushed person? Where in the scriptures do you ever see Jesus, Naruto ran somewhere? 
Have you guys ever heard that? Have you guys ever seen that, that Jesus ran over here? People are like, Jesus, you're late. He's like, no, I'm precisely when I needed to. Jesus never rushed. Throughout Scripture, we see Jesus socializing with normal people, sinners. And the religious folk of the time, they weren't too stoked about this. You know, I think we would be surprised if Jesus was here today, the kind of things Jesus and the people he would be speaking to. I think we'd be surprised about it. I think it would take us by surprise. Throughout Scripture, we always see Jesus drawing unimaginable, unmanageable crowds. And I don't think that happened because Jesus was boring. Have you ever listened to a boring speaker? You guys are going, yeah, right now. This guy sucks. <laughs> I don't think Jesus drew the crowds that he drew because he was boring. Because fun and joy is attractive. And throughout, throughout Scripture, Jesus used illustrations. And there's an amazing illustration I think everyone knows. It's called the prodigal son. And uh, everyone here knows what prodigal means? No, no one knows what prodigal means. Neither do I. But anyway, we're going to get going. Um, prodigal means wasteful, by the way. If you guys want to do a fact check there for me quick. It means wasteful. I know it means, I know, I know it means wasteful. It's for the joke. And uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail about uh, the prodigal son, but everyone knows you've got the youngest and the oldest son. The, the youngest goes to his father, and he wants his, his inheritance early. And back in those days, um, the eldest would have gotten the bigger portion of the inheritance. And it's actually believed that the oldest son would have gotten two-thirds of the inheritance and the youngest son would have gotten one-third. And it's also a bit of a slap in the face for the father because you, you get your inheritance, obviously, when a family member passes away. But he went to his father who was still alive and he said, Shh, I want my inheritance now. So the father, being such a gracious father, gives him his inheritance he gets on his way, and he lives a very squanderous lifestyle, and he spends it all. And not only is the slap on the face that he asks for his inheritance early, he completely blows it. And um, he comes to his senses, and he comes back to his father, and his father shows just such grace. And it's such an amazing picture of, I think, the grace that God shows us time and time again. There's a couple things we can learn from that scripture. Number one, the father ran to his son which is undignified for an old man back in those days. Number two, clearly the father was waiting for him. So every day, his father was up waiting for his son to come back. When he got to his son, he gave his son clothing and rings and jewelry, which means he declared that his son was part of his family again. And I love this scripture in Luke 15, 24. He says, for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. But then what did they do? And they began to celebrate. Come on. They decided to have fun. They let joy overflow. What an example of joy. The father had every reason to be angry with the son. You know, it's also believed that the son should have died. He should have been killed. The reason why the father ran to his son is because people had the right to kill him. He ran there because he wanted to protect the son. And instead of scolding him for all the decisions he's made and wasting his inheritance, he threw a party. They decided to celebrate. And we see this juxtaposition in the older brother. Not only was the older brother getting two-thirds, he was getting a whole third more than what the younger son was getting. He chose bitterness, and he was upset. And do you guys ever find yourself in that situation, living in kind of like this religious mindset? of choosing not joy, choosing every day to live a mundane lifestyle, lifestyle, 
not choosing to live in the grace that God's given us, not to have fun, not to celebrate people, not to have joy, not to have fun, or you're gonna actually choose the other option that the Father chooses to have joy and to celebrate people and to love people irrespective and let joy overflow and make a difference. I think there's three things we can learn. From the Father, I think we need to choose forgiveness because unforgiveness hinders us from enjoying the fullness of life. We need to leave bitterness at the door. We can learn from the older brother because bitterness robs us of, because bitterness robs us of joy today. And from the younger brother, choose to come back to God every time. Hopefully that comes on the screen. From the younger brother, we can choose to come back to God every time. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And James 1.17 says, everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky. Why as people do we choose to turn our back on God? Why do we choose to stay in the same and choose not to follow God? When we know that there's a God who wants to open his arms, arms for us and we can choose life through him. If Christ was fun, we should be fun too. I don't want keys yet. You can sit down. I don't want keys, no. I don't mind making decisions here for me. I'm not happy about that. I want to let you guys know that Christianity isn't about following the Bible. It's becoming like Christ. Christianity isn't about following the Bible. It's about becoming like Christ. Now, I'm not telling you guys not to read your Bible. That's very important. But what I am telling you is that we use the Bible as a tool to learn more about God and to let His Word edify us and change us from the inside out. And as we lean, as we lean into God's Word, we become more like Christ. That's the end game. That's the end zone, becoming like Jesus. And I'm going to rattle these last couple, po- uh, last, last couple po- points. Fun should be part of our salvation experience. I want to let you know some of the best fun you'll ever have is being part of a view group. I want to encourage you guys to join a view group. Number four, fun makes work enjoyable. You're going to have the most amount of fun when you learn that you've been designed with a purpose in mind. When you learn that serving others is your ultimate destiny. And when you learn that you've been given a certain unique set of gifts and desires to serve people and to let God work through you and in you, to love people, you're going to have the most amount of fun because you have a purpose and God wants to work through you and work in you and let his goodness overflow and let that joy impact other people around you. Fun also makes hard moments bearable. We've been designed to make an impact. And the way that you do that is actually through growth track. You would have heard that in our two ways. Come join us for growth track. You will learn that you've been made to make a difference. It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way that you carry it. Attitude truly does determine altitude. Keys can come up. I'm... Um, I'm not too sure we are in life right now. But I just want to remind everyone here right now that God really does have so much more in store for every single one of you. And uh, this week in our staff meeting, I was reminded of one of my favorite movies. And um, I wasn't just sure if I wanted to share this, but I feel like I'm going to share it. Uh, there's this kid. He kind of gets told 
uh, later in life how he's going to how he's going to die. And it's a bit of a strange one. So every situation that he faces, he knows this isn't how I die, because I've been I know I know what the end game looks like. So he goes into a situation. He says he's got the southern accent. He goes, "Wait, man, this is this ain't how I die." He goes through the situation. He passes the next one. This ain't how I die. He goes to his next one. So every situation he faces, he knows this isn't the end zone. So he can face it with confidence. And it reminded me of David. And in 1 Samuel, we see this picture of David getting anointed to be king. And then we see David ends up facing uh, all these moments throughout Scripture. Um, David has quite a tough life before he becomes king. It's quite crazy. Uh, He gets anointed to be king. And then he has to go through all this pain and, and heartache. I mean, I wish it was that simple, anointing, king. It didn't go like that. He, he went up, you know, against bears and lions. But he said, hey, I ain't king yet. So he could face that situation with confidence. Because he knew, I ain't king. So this, this ain't how it ends. And then we all know the story of Goliath. On a mundane moment of taking bread and cheese to his brothers on the, on the front lines, he ended up facing Goliath. He ain't king yet. So he knew, this isn't the end. I've got something more in store after this. This isn't the end. I want to remind you guys that if, it, if it's not good, God's not done. God's got so much more in store for you guys. I promise you, God's got so much more in store for you. If your situation is not good right now, God is not done. In Matthew 11, 28, 30, Jesus says, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What an amazing scripture. It's such an invitation. And we can bow our heads and close our eyes. This is an invitation from God wanting to partner with us, calling us to a life of purpose, a life of joy and a life of overflow, a life of meaning and a life of more, an exciting life. And all we need to do is partner with Him. His yoke is easy and the burden is light. God doesn't want us to live this heavy, unfulfilled life. God wants us to enjoy life. And if what you're experiencing now isn't good, I promise you, God's not done. He has so much more for you. You might be saying, I haven't got a lot to be joyful for right now. I haven't got a lot to be excited for. I'm not having fun. I promise you, if it's not good, God is not done. There's two people which want to pray for today. And the first set is, hey, I haven't got much to live for right now. I'm struggling. Life's just been really difficult. I just feel like wave after wave, life's just been really tough. And if that's you right now, I'd love you to pop your hand up and I'd love to pray for you. I'd love God to really do something in your life. And you can pop your hand up nice and high and I'd love to pray for you. That's good, come on, amen. God, thank you so much that you're a good God. And that you're a God who loves us and who has a plan to prosper us. And that you want to bring joy and life in full so that we can experience everything that you have for us. 
And even as we go through these storms in life that can be so confusing at times, I pray, God, that you would show us who you are in these moments. And I show you a goodness, that you're a good God who loves us, and you have such an incredible plan to prosper us and an amazing future for us to live in. There's a second group of people here, and you're saying, maybe I don't really know too much about um, this Christian walk. I don't know too much about this Jesus. But I want to partner with them, like we read in Matthew 11, 28, where he says, come to me, all those who are heavy and weavy heavy and burdened. Maybe that's you right now and you want to partner with Jesus and give your life to Him and you can do life together. And if that's you right now and you're saying, I want to do life with Jesus, you can pop your hand up right now and I would love to pray for you. We can all say this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and ask you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. Come on church, so good, amazing. Just before we wrap up, if you are getting baptized, uh, you guys can go get ready, get changed. Uh, Just before I hand over to Andre, there's a daily prayer declaration that I've been saying over myself and Martine uh, for the last couple weeks when I remember to. And I just wanna say it over us as a church quick. Is that okay? You guys, is that all right? You guys don't sound too excited. You're like, get off the stage, man. Is that cool? Can I say that with us quick? Let's pray. Today is gonna be a good day because God has gone before me and has ordered our steps. Christ died for me and I have life and life in the full. I am blessed and I know God knows my needs and wants because He is a good Father. Thank you for this day and forgive me of my wrongs. Protect me and my family and my friends from any harm. Guide me, strengthen me, give me wisdom and help me love people the way that you love people. Help me become more like you and less like me and help me do work for you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.